So much our life depends upon intention, action, movement of thought, directives, directing ourselves towards bodily life, social life, directing ourselves towards uh, clarity, purity, virtue, mm. directing ourselves just towards um, you know, sustainable lifestyle. Well, it depends upon intention and a wise person realizing the heirs to their intention. Intention is karma. Whatever you do, whatever line of thought you follow, you arrive at something that corresponds to that. <laughs> you know, in, in terms of your heart, in terms of the outward circumstances, that's just the wallpaper. So intention is karma, intention is uh, also on a refined level, intention directive is towards the ending of uh, karma, the ending of being stuck in cause and effect, the ending of being creating uh, boxes that one lives within, and creating an identity, the one it is to laments about, defends, compares and contrasts, ending of all that. Karma creates an identity. The action creates the actor. So in this way we are formed out of our deeds. And this uh, deeds in the very deepest sense is just the movement of thought, the directed movement of thought. An inclination, that, that's a deed, that's an act. <laughs> Which you can see in meditation how you can, you know, your thinking mind can direct you into all kinds of uh, grotesque scenarios, you know, fantasies, uh, despairs, uh, kinds of stuff. Karma. It's acting out. See, then when you meditation, you really see that because, you know, Nothing else is happening but your mind. <laughs> where does it go? So really, you know, we're looking at action of the mind, action of speech, action of body, and moving out from that action in relationships, action in social life, action what I do with my life, that kind of big thing. And uh, it's probably good to get the proper sequence, <laughs> you know, like start right here with the thought, the intention, and wisely attending to it, studying it. Because that's going to be the leader, and everything else will open up around that. So this is directed attention, directed attention, yonisomanisikara. And um, you know, this is different from mindfulness, which is holding, bearing something in mind and holding it steady. 
undirected, wise attention, deep attention, in a way tells you what to bear in mind, where to place your mindfulness, steady, so that you can stay in that and then attend to that. That's the process of samadhi. You establish frame of reference, your body, your breathing, your mind state, hold it steady and you start to inquire into it, deepen into it. And this is the process that roots out distortions, defilements. Breaking up the name form is the ultimate. Sounds kind of brutal, but what it means is that uh, you know, perceptions and intentions, as they arise, if they arise, don't have to be held onto. So the sense of them immediately shaping your mind up into some form, some state or another, right? That then becomes the basis for consciousness. It doesn't have to happen. Say it again, you know? So based upon a perception, it's an immediate impression. Could be true, could probably some truth in it, probably some distortion in it. When the mind receives that, the teacher receives that, it sort of it, it rejoices or it twinge, twinges or it fluctuates or it ducks or it goes rigid. You know, perception of something exciting or fearful or blameworthy or something like that. Yeah. Is shaped by that. When it's in that state, it then produces mental formations which correspond to that. So the fearful person, person in that, when the jitter is in a state of fear, it produces defenses, panic, impulsiveness, search for security, and it looks like that. So this way we concoct. Is the karma right there in the mind we concoct or something concocts a scenario that we end up feeling trapped in? This is the bramble patch. When you're in that, you produce more brambles. <laughs> you, you, you experience that sense of being stabbed, being Held. So what happens is your mind starts to produce sankharas that, uh, that are in accord with that. Right. So we get you know, panicky, impulsive, and then we look around, it's because of her, it's because of him, it's because of this, it's because of that. And there's always some truth in all perceptions, all impressions, but what you need to know is that there's a place where they don't land. And this is what the finest refuge mind is. Not that there are none, but there's a place where they don't bind. They don't become a place that you didn't establish yourself upon and project. Yeah. You don't establish yourself upon something that's unstable 
and then project anxious confining scenarios to dwell in. So it's really, uh, you know, this is the process of becoming. Another one of those key phrases, Baba. We become, or something becomes, based upon the shape, the shaping, the form, and the activations of the jitta. And that which has become is called me. Experience as me, myself. In that state, me, myself, always thinks in line with its foundation. So the, you know, the anxious me sees and thinks in terms of anxiety and security, protection and unprotection, right? You know, and it could be a number of things, you know, we think of ourselves as incapable, need to be more capable, um, attractive or unattractive. But when you investigate any of these notions of yourself, what do they really mean? <laughs> welcome, unwelcome, useful, unuseful. What do they really mean? It just mean uncertainty of some kind, needing to be something that will quell this uncertainty. And yet nothing does. Because you're not any of that. You can't make yourself permanently useful, interesting, popular, happy, <laughs> Productive, useful, competent. Yes, none of that is permanent. And the one who has been trained to believe in that there is a permanent one feels incredibly uh, pathetic. They can't create themselves as something permanent in one of these things. And so therefore we go into that particular bramble patch inadequate, feeble, useless, da, 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 da. you know, so it goes on and on and on like that. This is, good. This is the instant karma of the mind. Before you, know, before you can say anything, you're already kind of trapped <laughs> in, a, in a world or a loka, a location that's founded on ignorance. You know, since this is, you know, we're born into uh, this condition, if you like, in which we've all been doing that, uh, or been participating in that process, we're not born as arahants. Then it's really to, uh, to find a way to really understand both the nature of the process, the nature of karma, the nature of becoming, and then the specific tendencies that are strong for yourself, are your chitta's inclination. Yeah, so you know the general picture, which is the compulsiveness, the way the mind leaps to default modes, 
that become me. The more familiar they are, the more I become them, the more I become them, the more familiar they are, and so on and so on and so on. And then you put some fairy lights in your bramble patch to make it look a bit nicer. (laughs) But it's still the same thing, you know? Put different wallpaper on the set on the jail cell, but it's still the jail cell. So which ones, you know, it's not that we only have one, we probably have certain strong tendencies. They become us, so this is not about annihilating oneself, but acknowledging and squaring attention onto that. How does one come to terms with that, disengage from that? What kind of um, possibilities can arise from there? Because as long as we're alive, there will be some kind of intention going on, you know, something to do, something to say. And could we maybe trust that, you know, out of the letting go, that intention can lead us? maybe only a little way at a time, only one step at a time. And that's difficult. That we don't necessarily have a a grand vision, we don't necessarily have a big project, we don't necessarily have a, oh, this is it for the next 50 years, or this is it for the rest of my life. You can't really say that. And is that okay? When you're into the jungle, you better not think too much about you know, the restaurant on the other side. That's <laughs> not going to get you through. Now we have this one uh, opportunity, tough opportunity, challenging opportunity, the opportunity to really be, you know, specifically honest. and also specifically conscientious and specifically compassionate right here you know, to follow and to disengage and this is such a thing as a right engagement we're not just following the same old habits do we know what they are do we know their attraction default modes yeah. the do more, do more, do more that one or can't do, can't do, can't do that one <laughs> you know or whatever it is so this is not you know like a five day retreat is it this is uh we're getting some perspectives and testing these perspectives and checking in what has one become. Hmm. What has one been able to release from becoming 
any degree of liberation is liberation. If it's just the liberation from continually chastising and beating yourself up, that's good. <laughs> if it's a liberation just from constantly straining and pushing yourself to breaking point, that's good. It's a liberation from you know, feeling inadequate and doubt, that's good. These are all, they all add up, any of our, any liberations. And this is where we, uh, you know, really give yourself credit for any of this. Because these are often the things that are really most credited, don't really count in terms of the ratings of becoming, <laughs> you know. Like we degrade ourselves and what we've become. And this and this and this and this. But actually, can you rate yourself and what you've not become? <laughs> like I've not followed that, I've not gone into that, I've not identified with that, I've not got stuck in that. Yeah. I've not formed in that particular obsessive pattern. Or it's a lot weaker. Then well done, well done, this is not easy. So just some, this is ongoing isn't it, but just some tips, hints, we have the first, you might say the first level that we have to work with, the hindrance level, you know, where your mind is just glued, stuck, like living in a bag of glue, you kind of, do you ever get those? Afternoon in the glue bag, <laughs> or bristling, you know. Here we get those. <laughs> or getting hammered, pounding thoughts. Here we get those. Mm. And so it's just the, whatever it is, the main point is just how can you just get, you know, break out of the hypnosis because they have a hypnotic effect. And this can be done, you know, like little tips, like maybe shifting your attention. So, when you feel yourself in this stuckness of any kind, directed attention, you know, so just like open your eyes, you know. That's not that difficult. Open your eyes and then change your mode of attention to steady eyes, steady gaze with no particular focus, just. You might try to sense the extreme left, the extreme right of your vision. By doing that, you're actually pinning your mind open. It can't quite get into its stuck state. You're opening out the box. Open your eyes, take a breath, draw your spine up. You release, stand up. These are not that difficult, but it's amazing how mesmerized we get. 
but just recognize sometimes it's just not suitable to go into the mind. You don't have the wherewithal, you don't have the equipment. Go directly in, so you direct your attention, something you can just hold the mind open on. Another useful one, your eyes get tired, sore, is using sense of touch. So when we sit in meditation, often the hands are lightly connected. That's, that can be very useful because the sense of touch, particularly in the fingertips, extremely acute. So if you have your hands, so the fingertips of each hand touch their opposite number, and you sustain that, you'll find out pretty quickly when the hands slip away. Yeah. And it does this light sustain light touch and something about it's not pushing it's not tight it's not loose and this is why it's called the samadhi mudra you know anything where the fingertips or the thumb tips touch is called samadhi mudra because that's a physical and a somatic representation of what samadhi is about Light touch, open space, connected, not gripping, not pushing, not not collapsing. And you know, just stay with that. And uh, this just does help to uh, lift your attention out of these pits, pitfalls. Also, something like that it changes your, your intention, your impulse, because you have to be pretty, you know, sensitive. Not pushing, it's sensitivity in the present. And listen to it a long time. Stay with it a long time. That's a very different mode of mental activity or intention than the norm which tends to be seize, do it, finish the next thing. This is not. This is hold lightly, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And it, it progressively shifts the mode of your mental energy down or into a different gearing. It's now into steady, and if you're steady and light and attentive, it's very difficult for the hindrances to get hold. And so you're kind of getting a Teflon mind. You just don't. It's not about being tough or forceful, but this particular balance. Light sustained. That's the sati, is the sustaining quality of sati. You stay, you linger in something that's attentive, holding lightly. And you bring your mind, your attention back to that. Till it begins to pick it up.
And whenever this occurs, when the mind actually does pick that up and settle in, you get a little rising quality of ah, you're beginning of what's called pity, refreshing, because you're not flailing, you're not struggling, you're not tightening, you're not drifting. Uh, this isn't something, it just happens, that's what the jitta does, it's like it purrs. You know, you can't make a cat purr, you try and make a cat purr, it's not going to happen. But if you get it to sit down and you stroke it, it just does it. Jitta does that too. Oh. So that kind of quietly contented. Now you're much more, this is something you've got bit more trust in because you're actually getting a sign from the jitta itself you're not giving it something to do you're not telling it this is what you should or shouldn't or that's the way or that isn't the way or this is what they said and that's what he does no that's all external you're taking the internal sign of the jitta happens involuntarily it feels content, it feels a little contented and settled here. And because it's not imposed, not concocted, not added, there's something very authentic about that, much more authentic in fact, than one's learned strategies and life messages, which could so be so repeated statements about herself, life messages, even emotional life messages, because they're so repetitive, we assume that's me, that's the way it is. But that actually that's the definition of one's bondage, one's bramble patch, one's prison cell. All that. And this other quality is kind of free, given. So this is this kind of getting through these hindrances is considered, uh, you know, magnificent, um, both in terms of it's, it's pleasant, but it's also revealing. Hey, this isn't this isn't me. This isn't the normal me. I didn't do this. Maybe there's something bigger than me in this place. (laughs) This is definitely life-changing. Anything of that nature, life-changing. Because then you begin to recognize, "Mm, whatever, I don't think I don't think the me thing is the thing to follow. So we start taking chances, risky. Follow follow the chitta where it rises, where it feels comfortable. Don't keep adding up the old dots on the old page.
And the skill is to firm up in that. So we look in terms of, of even the presentations the Buddha gave on Samadhi, saying, well, you know, first of all, it's just this quality of feeling disengaged and, you know, attentive, um, happy, comfortable. And then it develops into, it firms up with confidence and collectedness, it consolidates. It's called the second, second station, the second place, the second establishment, jhana. Now, you know, we want to kind of really internalize any of that, so we're not just looking at the textbooks or, you know, the lists, pages, but can you firm up? Do you have confidence? Is it something you can trust in? I don't trust my mind. And my bit. It's a liar and a fool. It whimpers, and then it's a monkey. Chatters and whimpers, beats his chest, and then runs away and runs up and down trees. You know, so they can't rain, you know, is there something else in here? <laughs> That will manage that. <laughs> and then you firm up. And you firm it up. You stay with it a long time. And you, you know, meditation, you mean to press it or in a way extend it into your body. In a meditation practice, and you feel the sense of ease and comfort. You really extend that into the tissues of your body as if you're sensing them more deeply. So it saturates and becomes very firm. That's what we can do when we're sitting in silence. Yeah. But just consider you know, confidence, not so much on your in your conventional self, which is the kind of thing we might assume we have to have confidence in. You know, good self-image good self-confidence. You know, my confidence in my Dhamma. Dhamma as it manifests. And recognizing it probably not entirely free from blemish, but this is the working model. And be prepared to learn. Learn a bit. This is a really just is a kind of colloquial, maybe arguable, but just presenting them as the way it seems to me now. Arguable references, you know, to how we're going to 
how we live. You just have to, you can't have a fixed, you know, program or... <laughs> but this is the best if you can get just confidence in the dharmas that manifest you, in you, your honesty, your integrity, your truthfulness, your generosity, your clarity, your steadiness, your non-reactivity. Yeah, and then you just... Chitta has the possibility to suffuse. It is something else, again, that we didn't really recognize. We have a sense of the mind can jump into things or jump back from things or twiddle with things or fiddle with things. But left on its own, it just starts to purr. And there's a suffusing quality. Yeah. Something kind of energy or warmth radiates through the form, and you see things differently. And this gives rise to the ability to take initiative because you suddenly you're, you're able to be in space in an open unknown and check things out. Check things out, and your mind isn't in a hurry. Yeah, so, I mean, just for myself, taking up meditation was pretty much like that. It wasn't like, this is it, the rest of my life, fantastic, just, oh, this is different. Hmm. Something here. And I check that out. And recognition. Better get to a place where there can be some restraint. I've enough self-awareness to to know there's a few weak spots here so call it a monastery or something where i can be a bit you know mind is held by the situation in in a in a kind of voluntary way didn't have to be you have to pay when you leave when you want okay and just training in that Something says, you know, me, no, I don't want to, personally, no. The chitta says, this is what you do now. You think, how long for? Don't know. Why? Not clear. <laughs> what next? Don't ask. <laughs> so what you do now. Okay. <laughs> Stay with that, stay with that, stay with that. Years go by. You know, it sort of just rolled, more or less rolled into being a monk for a period of time. How long? Don't know. Why? Not clear. What next? Don't ask. <laughs> What's the point? Uh, yeah, yeah, we know all that. Just let that relax and here you are. Mm. It's, um, you know, just to take those risks you know, because you know there are risks in some ways but you also recognize risk in terms of the world but also you recognize it in a way there's something quite assured about that 
It's just not operating in the worldly ways. There's something assured about this choir. Mm. You know, and it's something that wants to know, wants to liberate. So it's kind of been like that, really, in meeting Ajahn Sumedho and of course Sumedho. You learn something, be around this person. You go through the normal series of questions, forget it. Yeah. Something, something here that you could, I don't know, something you need to be with or you can benefit from. And so on and so on and so on. It's never the case that nothing's going to happen. So it's a matter really of staying in the tides of worldly conditions. They're just not that, not that, not that. This one is a little bit, you know, feels about right. That will help to get me out of my box. This is really working on the deeper level of the hindrances. This is the becoming, the asava, whereby this process of jitta is affected in a way whereby it reifies and affirms its own confusion. Yeah. So the, the, the anxious jitta seeks a box, creates a box to try to try and security and feels trapped in the box. Yeah. And then gets all, all kinds of afflictions arise because of that. You know, the opposite extreme, you know, we can reach someone who just never wants to be here. Never want to be alive, really. Don't want to be present. They create a scenario of non-disconnection, loneliness, you know, inabilities to engage in a comfortable, joyful way. So it fashions us. This is why we, we realize what's at stake. And also how if we don't follow, the hindrances will pile up because the place of becoming, the hindrances love that. They just pile in on that. And some kinds of becoming, like the becoming, samadhi is a becoming, much less. The subtler forms, attachments, the silence or refined pleasure and so forth. But then it's the directing. Samadhi gives you perhaps the possibility to get out of the real gross stuff enough to get the picture 
and then constantly attending to the becoming quality, which is always trying to map out where I am, what I will be, how, how other people are, how things are. Just, just take that, that's the way of the world. Again, maybe that map has to exist, but you don't have to live on it. Is that possible? It's worth working on. Definitely worth working on. Maybe that's enough to know. And all that, once again, to recollect and be reminded as a regular practice, the good fortune has arisen, which I didn't create, or not from the me place, things that came in, friendships, Generosity, care, uh, compassion that arrived, teachers that arrived, places that you just strolled into, words that you heard, something you saw modelled, oh, where the chitta. Never, never forget that the chitta turns because there's something around that lifts. If we come out of our hypnosis, open up, there's something there, the gift, and the chitta can lift to that. Oh, it's something rather wonderful actually. And this too is a source of uh, where we can find some footing, trust, which is always so important for our ongoing, if there is any, you know, our ongoing move, our ongoing process through this uh, mass of conditions and conditioning. You won't.